All right, good morning. Lord Jesus. Wow. Got that powerful voice. Good morning, Lifehouse family. How's everyone doing? So good to see you. Happy Easter. It's our first Easter as a church ever. I think we need to give it up for that. We have made it. We are 28 weeks old as a church, but who's counting? Uh, 28 weeks old. feels like 28 months, 28 years. Uh, but man, it has been an, an absolutely incredible journey that we have been on planting Lifehouse Church. And uh, we are excited for our first Easter Sunday. If it is your first time, one more time, can we just, just give it up for all of our first time guests? You are our guests. We, was, we just want to welcome you. And we want to say, check us out a couple weeks, get to really, really know us. Next Sunday, we are starting a brand new sermon series, as, as, as you just saw, called Divine Direction. I'm sure none of you have a problem figuring out God's, God's will. I'm sure all of you know how that all works. None of you probably need to show up. But if you do know someone that does need help in that area, next four weeks will be for them. So, so come check us out. That will be awesome. You know, today's a really, really interesting day because you know what I'm going to talk about, right? Like, yeah, y'all probably have a pretty good clue. It's kind of an important day. It's kind of Easter. So we, we, we kind of know the whole dilly with that, right? We know that uh, you're probably going to, you know, that I'm going to be talking about Jesus's resurrection. Um, I'm going to be tripping over these cords for real, y'all. Uh, but um, so you know what I'm going to be talking uh, about. So, so really, we both have challenges here. My challenge is trying to take a cosmic shaking, earth shattering, eternity impacting event like Christ's resurrection and somehow presenting it in a fresh way that you see its power and that you see its, its implications. And you see how it doesn't just affect us right now. It is absolutely an eternal effect. It's my challenge. Your challenge uh, is, is, is really making sure that you don't just hear, but that you actually listen. Right? Because we can know this story in and out. Jesus rose from the dead, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's great. Let's move on. Where are we going for lunch? Right? And we can miss the power of this day if we don't tune in, hone in, and be like, God, speak to me today. Because we need to be reminded of the resurrection power of Jesus. If you are a Christ follower and you are just, you know, maybe at that point today where you're just like, I just feel like giving up. I'm, I'm done. Like, this whole Jesus thing has been cool, but I got so many problems going on. I thought Jesus, he was going to fix all of my problems. I thought I'd just give all my problems, cash the cares on him, and it'd be good. And possibly today, you're like, I just don't feel it no more, but I'm here out of guilt. I'm here because it's Easter, and you're supposed to come to church. You know, like, I don't know why you're here today. But I pray that you would just not listen, but that you would absolutely hear and that you would see the power of Christ's resurrection. So I need help. You need help. Let's ask for God's help. Can we? Jesus, we come to you today. God, we need your help. I need your help. God, use me to speak words that bring life, that bring truth, that bring glory to you, God, and help every person here to hear. But not just listen, not just hear a sermon, but help them to hear 
a word from God that will impact them for eternity, that will impact them not just here and now, but from when they leave this place, that it would be in their hearts and in their minds and in their spirits. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. You know, we live in a culture that's trying to beat death. Um, man, you talk about a, a society that is hell-bent on trying to run as fast away from death as they possibly can. You know, they tell you, eat better, you'll live longer. Shop at Whole Foods. You need $14 lettuce. It's organic, though. Get that $14 lettuce. Get that $10 tomato. It doesn't got any pesticides on it. You get that, I promise you, you'll live longer. Right? Like, I went and bought my sister... A couple days back, she was sick, and she needed chicken noodle soup. So I was like, I got you. Whole Foods was the closest thing. I was thinking they had an off-brand. They had something that would be like the grocery store, like a buck twenty-five or something like that. I go in there. I'm paying $4 for a can of chicken noodle soup. I'm like, Whole Foods means whole paycheck. That's what that absolutely means, Okay. I don't know what you've heard, but that's what that stuff means. It means it's taking your whole paycheck. I don't know how a family could actually eat there unless you're balling. I mean, it's crazy expensive. But, um, you, know, eat, you know, eat better, sleep better, get surgery done. 40's the new 30. 50's the new 40. 60's the new 50. 70's the new 60. 80's the new 70. 90's, I mean, it's like, it just goes on and on. Like, we're, we're trying to beat and cheat death any way we possibly can. You know who's gotten in on this game? Google. You know if Google's gotten in on this thing of trying to beat death, you know it's gotten serious. You know they probably dumped millions and millions of dollars and they have started a project back in 2013 called Project Calico where, the, where, where they have gathered together futurists and scientists, chemists, and what they are trying to do is, is to actually come together and say how can we work to beat death. So they've got, they're trying to think of crazy stuff. They're like downloading brains onto computers and then doing a brain transplant and then uploading. I mean, it, it's just absolutely insane. People are hell-bent on trying to beat death. And it, it's so funny because Jesus' whole point in coming was to beat death. Essentially, Jesus said this, I have come so that you may have death. No, he, did, he didn't say that. He said, I have come so that you can have life, not just physical life now here, but eternal life for God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Man is on this quest to live forever, to live Longer, Jesus' quest was to actually bring life and give you life and give you eternal life. It seems like people's greatest need is Jesus' greatest purpose. But many times we don't see that. We only see the bad stuff Jesus has. Or we just, you know, see the world's gone to hell. It's gone to hell in a handbasket. Why is all this bad? If God really loved the world, why would he allow all this stuff to happen? Why doesn't God just step in? Why doesn't God, God, God? And we can just get on this whole path of blaming God for all of this death. But we got to also see that, that um, there's this thing called sin. And I don't know if you're brand new to, to church. Sin is basically this. You turning your back on God and doing what you want to do instead of doing what God requires. 
And there's this whole story, Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, where, where basically, you probably heard it before, Adam, Eve, they're in this perfect garden that God created for them. And, and basically, God tells them, eat of whatever tree you want to, but there's going to be one tree that is going to be mine. Do not eat that one. And what tree do Adam and Eve get focused on and say, I need that tree? It was the one tree that God said Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sin entered the world and it was not just a spiritual death it was a physical death it was broken relationship with God and with each other and so now we see the effects of sin on our world the injustices the national disasters I mean all of these things we see are the effects of sin of wrongdoing Man wants to live, but man doesn't want to do the stuff that actually it takes to live. Jesus is the answer. His message from the very beginning was, I came to give you life, not just physical, but also meet that eternal need that you have. There was this, this guy named Paul. He was an apostle, church planner. You've probably heard of him. They just came out with, I think, a brand new theater or a brand new movie in theaters talking about the Apostle Paul and about his life and stuff like that. Apostle Paul, he was a church planner. He would go and start brand new churches in different cities. And what he would do after he would plant churches, he would then go and write, and write letters to them and try to explain this whole Christian faith thing because these, these, these believers were fresh. I mean, they didn't know their butt from a hole in the ground. They were just like, Jesus, okay, cool, this sounds awesome. And Paul, he'd have to train them, raise them up. And one of, the, one of the things he would do in that is write letters to them. And there is this one particular letter in the book of 1 Corinthians. He planted a church in, in, in a city named Corinth. And so he, so, so, and this church had questions for him. So Paul decided to write a letter and talk about these questions that he had. And in chapter 15, we're actually going to pick up here where we actually see Paul doing the same thing that I'm trying to do with all of you today. And that is to see the power in the resurrection. Paul, at the end of, of this letter here, he says, look, I'm going to take some time here and I'm going to lay out for you the power of this resurrected life that Jesus Lived. And we're going to actually pick up on that right now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse number 1. I need some water. Good, good Lord Jesus. My breath is on fire. Ah, all right. Awesome. Good. All right. He says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you now have taken your stand. You know what's so funny? People tend to... Re remember the things they should forget and forget the things they should remember. You ever see that? That actually happens. You know where that happens the most at is church. People forever lose what God has called them to be, who God has called them to be. And that is why Paul so, so, so many times says, I'm writing this to you so you'll be reminded of what you already know. Many of you already know the resurrection, yeah, great, awesome, it happened, blah, 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 let's go to Golden Corral, right? It's like, no, we need to be reminded of some things. Paul goes on here, and, and we're going to actually skip a couple verses here, starting in verse number three. He says this, for what I received, I pass on to you as a first importance. Basically, he's saying this, look, this is the, some of the most important stuff here. Number one, Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. So Paul is saying, I want you to be reminded 
that you put Jesus on the cross. Welcome to Lifehouse Church. We, we love you. But your sin, our sin, my sin, your sin, our whole world's sin, put Jesus on the cross. And the cross wasn't just something done for us by God. It was something done by us. It wasn't just something done for us. It was something done by us. We have to grasp and know, like, we have sins. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned. You, your mama, your grandma, your uncle, all those nice people that you know, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Essentially saying this, mind, thought, deed, action. We have done and gone our own way against God. But Christ died for our sins. What sin caused was this eternal debt that we could not pay. Why? Because we were sinners and, and we were dead. But what Jesus did, he came and lived a perfect, sinless life in our place and for our sins and died the death that you and I should have died on the cross. That should have been us on, on that cross. But Jesus went and died the cross that we rightfully deserved. It was the Guiltless being given for the guilty. It was the sinless being given for the sinful. It was a sacrifice. But what Jesus said, and we covered this last week, on the cross, he said what? It is finished. That, that, those Greek words actually means this. A debt has been paid. Whenever you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus' sinless life is credited to your account. And then all you've got to do, Scripture tells us this clearly, it is by grace through faith that you are saved. Grace meaning this. There's nothing you could do to earn God's love. There's nothing you could do to earn it. There's not enough good works, not enough money, not enough time that you could give to earn what God earned for you and freely gives you. And you accept it and you receive it by this thing called faith, which is essentially trusting. And you saying, God, I trust what you did on the cross for me in my place. He said, I want to remind you of that. He died for your sins, but then he goes on. He says he was buried, but then he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then that he appeared to Cephas, which Cephas is Peter. And then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some of them have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me. So but he's, he, he says this, I, I am reminding you, Christ didn't just die, but he rose. And then we had a, hundreds of people see him. Some of you might say, well, how do we know the, the resurrection happened, huh? Huh? How, how do we know? Let me tell you this. Why do you think the disciples gave their life? The change in the disciples. Peter, who couldn't even stand to do a servant girl. A servant girl was like, hey, are, are you with Jesus? Beep, No. Who that beeping savior is? Whenever Peter saw dead guy walking, whenever the 500 saw dead Jesus was on the cross, now this dude's walking. Now this dude's talking to him. Let me tell you what got in them. Holy crap, what this dude said is real. You see dead guy walking, you get passion. <laughs> you see dead guy walking, Whatever, God, this, this dude can rise from the dead. He can do anything. He says this, this, though. He says, look, we've seen him. We saw him with our own hands. But, but then Paul goes 
from, from saying, look, I want to remind you of these kind of general things, the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I want to go into something even deeper. Verse number 12. And let me preface this by, by saying this. There were some in this church that were questioning Jesus' resurrection. So Paul takes probably the next 40 verses here and just dives in, puts his feet down, and says, let me tell you a little bit about this whole resurrection thing. He says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Next set, please. In verse number 17, it says, and if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then Paul, he goes further in verse number 32. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Let me tell you what, what he's saying. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, it's time to turn up. If Christ did not raise from the dead, get the wine, get the girls, get the food, because we're going to live it up. If Christ hasn't been raised, my preaching, he even says it. He's like, my preaching is stupid. What I'm giving my life for, giving my life for wild beasts, fighting crazy psychos, these, these beast animals are trying to get me. If Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, all of this stuff... The whole Christian faith is not built on scripture. It's built on an event. Get that. The whole, the church began the day Christ walked out of that tomb. It's built on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Because at that moment, everything changed. Let me just tell you, everything changed. Because up to that point, what had been man's greatest enemy that had been undefeated? Death. Why? Because all sinned. For the wages of sin is death. Jesus didn't have any sin. So death couldn't hold Jesus down. But Paul is just saying, look, I'm tell you right now, bro. If this Jesus dude didn't rise from the from the dead, it's time to get it. It's time to live it up. It's time to act crazy. It's time to have as much fun as we possibly can in this life, because this is all there is. But what this 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 whole Jesus rising thing does is it says life gives has purpose and hope and and potential beyond just the here and now. He continues on. He says this, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all, everyone say all. In Greek, that word means all. Die. So in Christ, all, everyone say all will be made alive, but each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, then those who belong to him. I know that's kind of a lot of scripture there. So I, I, I kind of thought, let me, let me illustrate this for you. Hopefully this door do, doesn't fall on me. So 
It says here, honestly, that all have died. And really what this absolutely means is this, that all have sinned, so therefore all have tasted death. Not just a physical death, we also have a spiritual death. So all of us have walked through death's door. Now the problem is, we can't get out. Because it's shut. Because we've sinned in Adam. Adam and Eve, man, they messed us all up. We got this sin nature, original sin. It's inside of us. And you can see it in kids. I got a two-year-old, one-year-old. The first thing he says, mine, mine, mine. I'm like, I'm going to show you mine. Ah, no, I'm just kidding. But it, it's, it's like we can see it even from the very beginning. Like death has got us. And the thing is, is that we needed a rescue from death. Because we weren't getting out by ourselves. In, in, in Ephesians 2, Paul says this, we were dead in our sins. Doesn't say we were wounded. Doesn't say we had a little injury. It said we were dead in our sin. Absolutely dead. So we ain't coming out of that door. So we needed a savior. We needed help. So that's where Jesus came, lived his perfect sinless life, died on the cross in your place and for your sin. And yes, he tasted death. He went into that tomb. He became like us in every single way. That's what I love. God did not just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to send an angel down. I'm going to send, uh, you know, uh, Solomon. He's already dead. <laughs> Go down there. He said, no, I'm going to send my son. Most precious possession, the second in the Godhead. And he's going to feel what man feels. He's going to be 100% God, 100% man. He's going to feel our pain. Scripture says this, he was tempted in every way we were, yet was without sin. And he's able to sympathize with us. Why? Because he's been where you are. Whenever you say, oh, God doesn't know what I feel like, that's a load of garbage. He absolutely knows. He knows what it's like to basically have his best friends turn, turn their back on him. Those that were closest to him, silent in the most important moments. Jesus knows what it's like to be mistreated, to have injustice happen to him. He knows what you feel. But check it out, Jesus, he tastes death. He comes in. The thing is, though, because he doesn't have sin, something's about to happen. Because this place can't hold him. So he says, yo, I'm coming out. The thing is, though, I'm not shutting this door back. I'm opening the door. My God in heaven, this thing's going to fall on me. And I'm going to then leave the door open. Come here, Roger. You look like a good sinner. Over here. Like a good sinner, Roger. You know what? Then follow me, Roger. He can take people through it. Come on. Come on, Wendy. He's, he says, I'm not going on this train by myself. You follow me. Because you can't earn getting out of this door. 
only I can. And I'm going to blaze a trail that if you put your faith and trust in, in me, you can walk out of death's door, not because of what you've done, not because of your good works, not because of how awesome you are, but because of how good God is. And when you put your faith and trust not, that's what I'm saying, the gospel is all dependent on him. We're helpless, y'all. But that's our greatest blessing. Because all we got to do is receive it. All we got to do is accept it. All we got to do is just be quiet and receive it by grace, meaning you can't earn it and receive it as the gift that it is. It is by grace you have been saved. And this is not from yourselves. This is what? A gift from God. Some of you today need to receive that grace. Because you're trying to fight out of death's door and you can't. You're helpless. You're dead. You're powerless. And there's only one who defeated death. And there's only one who can take you from death to life. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. I absolutely love this. It says this, For God saved us and called us to a holy life. He did this not because, of, not because we deserved it. Amen. But because of that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but this, I don't know, this kind of wells up in me like a, a, a little bit of hope. Now, I don't know how you've seen Christians in the past. I know you've probably seen some grumpy Christians. I know contractors. <laughs> if, they, if they go to someone's house to give some sort of, of, of pricing, and they find out that they are a Christian, they'll mark them up 20% because they're the most, like, unnice people to work for. Like, they're the most, like, grumpy, just, just punks. And I'm like, this should not be, y'all. If we have the hope of resurrection, that reality eternally should affect our reality now. Because here's the truth. If death can't touch you, what can? I thought that was a better point than that. If death can't touch you, if death is not your, is not your eternal destination, then it totally rewires and reshapes how we view everything in this life. Where instead of, of it being like, oh man, this bad, God doesn't like me, this is bad, blah, 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 blah. What it now turns to is, Romans 8, 20, all things are working to my good. All things work to the good. Not that all things are good, but God is so good, God can take all things and make them work for my good if I let him. Why? Because I'm being shaped and molded into the image of Jesus Christ. And do you know what? When I pass from this life, whenever God calls me home, whenever this blood stops flowing, whenever this heart stops Beaten death is not a prison no more. It's a pathway to the eternal life that is ultimately ours and earned by Christ Jesus. That's what I'm saying, y'all. Like, it's almost a silly hope that Christ gives us. That the grave isn't it. Six feet under isn't it. You know what it actually is? It's, it's the beginning. My mom, I love her. She passed away. Two, about a little over two years back. 
Wish she was here to see all that God's done. Because honestly, she's a huge reason why. She died at 61 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was super bummed, man, because it was like, you know, she's put so much work into raising a knucklehead like me and knucklehead like my sister. And just, I mean, God, man, I was such an idiot. And, you know, it's just, she's put all that work in. And I just wish that she could just see and just, you know, I mean, you have those sorts of thoughts, you know, that she could be a part of what God's doing here at Lifehouse. And, um, and I had those thoughts for days. But then reality set in. I got hope. Because I know my mom trusted in the, in the resurrected Lord, in the resurrected Jesus. And I know right now, she good. I know she doesn't wish she was here. I know she's just fine and happy. And she's like, I will be a cloud of witnesses. I'll be a part of that crew watching what God is doing through through you, but how can we grieve with such hope? Paul, he even says that. We, when people die, we now grieve differently. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because this isn't it. This isn't all there is. So my, my heart for you today is to see the hope of the resurrection. Because the resurrection is not just an event, it's a lifestyle. Get that. The resurrection is not just an event, it's a lifestyle. And Paul actually goes on here and says that. He says this. He says, therefore, so he gets done with all of this stuff about the resurrection. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's awesome. If it doesn't happen, what the heck is this whole thing about? Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes down. Let me tell you, there, therefore means what is the therefore, therefore. In other words, in light of all you've just heard, in light of all you've just read, let me sum it up with all of this. Therefore, let nothing move you. For you always give yourselves to the work of the Lord fully because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Basically saying this, you got the resurrection, baby. Nothing in this life can shake you. Nothing in this life should shake you. Why? Because this, this life is just, is the pregame of what God ultimately has for you, Lifehouse family. And I believe today some of you needed to be reminded of that. And some of you needed to uh, know there's a hope beyond here. Because some of you come in here and you're a joyless Christian. I mean, you are, you love Jesus, you follow Christ, but literally your day today is full of just God. When are, when are you going to just get this life finished? When are you going to get this life done? You're like, you're just ready to like die, you know? And that is not the way that God has called you to live. And so we want you today to have your joy restored and your hope restored, knowing we have a risen Savior who defeated death. And because he defeated death, you defeated death. And if he defeated death, there's nothing you can't overcome, y'all. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your promise. Thank you, God, that when we were yet sinners, you died for us, but you didn't just die. You rose and you blazed the trail, blazed the path for us to follow, put our trust in what you did on the cross for us. God, we thank you for that. With every, about, every eye closed, really, really quick, I just want to give you the opportunity today. If you would say, John, I, I've never made a decision to put my faith and trust in the resurrected Lord and get the eternal life that, that you're talking about, the Jesus promise. Maybe you say, John, I follow Jesus a little time and I've just really fallen off and I want to get back today. 
if, if, if that is either of you, I want to pray with you in and pray quickly for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd say, John, I want to receive Christ. I want to put my faith and trust in this resurrected Jesus. Or, John, I've fallen off and I want to come back and start following again. I want to have restored hope. I'm going to count to you three. Whenever I do that, all I'm going to ask you to do is take your right hand and put it up. I want to simply know who you are so I can actually pray for you. Ready? One, two, three. Anyone here? Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. So what we're going to do, guys, we're, we're going to pray. All of us here, we're going to join in, and we're going to pray with those that raise their hands to receive Christ today, to get their hope back. If everyone, if everyone would join with me in prayer. Ready? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I put you there. But thank you that you did not leave me dead. You came. And you brought me life by rising from the dead. I put my faith, I put my trust in you. Restore my joy. Renew my joy. Give me the joy of my salvation. Jesus, I love you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Lifehouse family, can we just give it up really quick for all those that said that prayer today? Listen, we, we, we want to do one more thing. If you did raise up your hand today, we want to ask you to make one more step. I don't know if, if, if you can see this guy here, Kerry. He's a bald Asian guy. He's the Asian rock is what we call him. He's a really nice guy, super, super awesome. Look, if you raised up hands today, we, we want to just talk with you briefly we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you and to and to give you encouragement. We want to give you a clear next step on this journey that you have decided to follow Christ with. So look, so look, this is what's gonna happen. Band's gonna play while the band plays. If you would get up out of your seat, meet Carrie right down down here. I promise you're not gonna be gone long. Maybe five, you know, maybe five minutes. And trust me, you're not going to miss much except for the offering and you don't care about that any anyway okay if you would the band's gonna play if you raise up hands meet carry right down here we want to say thank you we believe the best is yet to come stand up lifehouse and let's worship our risen king